Modern World History, Patterns of Interaction, Chapter 14, Section 4, Nationalism in India and Southwest Asia, Setting the Stage. As you learned in Chapter 13, the end of World War I broke up the Ottoman Empire. The British Empire, which controlled India, began to show signs of cracking. The weakening of these empires stirred nationalist activity in India, Turkey, and some Southwest Asian countries. Indian nationalism had been growing since the mid-1800s. Many upper-class Indians who attended British schools learned European views of nationalism and democracy. They began to apply these political ideas to their own country. Indian nationalism grows. Two groups formed to rid India of foreign rule. The primarily Hindu Indian National Congress, or Congress Party, in 1885, and the Muslim League in 1906. Though deep divisions existed between Hindus and Muslims, they found common ground. They shared the heritage of British rule and an understanding of democratic ideals. These two groups worked towards the goal of independence from the British. World War I Increases Nationalist Activity Until World War I, the vast majority of Indians had little interest in nationalism. The situation changed as over a million Indians enlisted in the British Army. In return for their service, the British government promised reforms that would eventually lead to self-government. In 1918, Indian troops returned home from the war. They expected Britain to fulfill its promise. Instead, they were once again treated as second-class citizens. Radical nationalists carried out acts of violence to show their hatred of British rule. To curb dissent, in 1919, the British packed the Rollet Acts. These laws allowed the government to jail protesters without trial for as long as two years. To Western-educated Indians, denial of a trial by jury violated their individual rights. Amritsar Massacre To protest the Rollet Acts, around 10,000 Hindus and Muslims flocked to Amritsar, a major city in the Punjab, in the spring of 1919. At a huge festival in an enclosed square, they intended to fast and pray and to listen to political speeches. The demonstration, views, um, the demonstration viewed as a nationalist outburst, alarmed the British. They were especially concerned about the alliance of Hindus and Muslims. Most people at the gathering were unaware that the British government had banned public meetings. However, the British commander at Amritsar believed they were openly defying the ban. He ordered his troops to fire on the crowd without warning. The shooting continued for 10 minutes. Official reports showed nearly 400 Indians died and about 1,200 were wounded. Others estimate the numbers were higher. The news of the slaughter, called the Amritsar Massacre, sparked an explosion of anger across India. Almost overnight, millions of Indians changed from loyal British subjects into nationalists. These Indians demanded independence. Gandhi's Tactics of Nonviolence The massacre at Amritsar set the stage for Mohandas K. Gandhi to emerge as the leader of the independence movement. Gandhi's strategy for battling injustice evolved from his deeply religious approach to political activity. His teachings blended ideas from all the major world religions, including Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism, Islam, and Christianity. Gandhi attracted millions of followers. Soon they began calling him the Mahatma, meaning great soul. Non-cooperation when the British failed to punish the officers responsible for the Amritsar massacre, Gandhi urged the Indian National Congress to follow a policy of non-cooperation with the British government. 
1920, the Congress Party endorsed civil disobedience, the deliberate and public refusal to obey an unjust law, and nonviolence as a means to achieve independence. Gandhi then launched his campaign of civil disobedience to weaken the British government's authority and the economic power over India. Boycotts Gandhi called on Indians to refuse to buy British goods, attend government schools, pay British taxes, or vote in elections. Gandhi staged a successful boycott of British cloth, a source of wealth for the British. He urged all Indians to weave their own cloth. Gandhi himself devoted two hours each day to spinning his own yarn on a simple hand wheel. He wore only homespun cloth and encouraged Indians to follow his example. As a result of the boycott, the sale of British cloth in India dropped sharply. Strikes and Demonstrations Gandhi's weapon of civil disobedience took an economic toll on the British. They struggled to keep trains running, factories operating, and overcrowding jails from bursting. Throughout 1920, the British arrested thousands of Indians who had participated in strikes and demonstrations, but despite Gandhi's pleas for nonviolence, protests often led to riots. The Salt March In 1930, Gandhi organized a demonstration to defy the hated Salt Acts. According to these British laws, Indians could buy salt from no other source but the government. They also had to pay sales tax on salt. To show their opposition, Gandhi and his followers walked about 240 miles to the seacoast. There they began to make their own salt by collecting seawater and letting it evaporate. This peaceful protest was called the Salt March. Soon afterward, some demonstrators planned to march to a site where the British government processed salt. They intended to shut the salt work down. Police officers with steel-tipped clubs attacked the demonstrators. An American journalist was an eyewitness to the event. He described the, quote, sickening wax of clubs on unprotected skulls, end quote, and people, quote, writhing in pain with fractured skulls or broken shoulders, end quote. Still, the people continued to march peacefully, refusing to defend themselves against their attackers. Newspapers across the globe carried the journalist story, which won worldwide support for Gandhi's independence movement. More demonstrations against the salt tax took place throughout India. Eventually, about 60,000 people, including Gandhi, were arrested. Britain grants limited self-rule. Gandhi and his followers gradually reaped the rewards of their civil disobedience campaigns and gained greater political power for the Indian people. In 1935, the British Parliament passed the Government of India Act. It provided local self-government and limited democratic elections, but not total independence. However, the Indian Government Act also fueled mounting tension between Muslims and Hindus. These two groups had conflicting visions of India's future as an independent nation. Indian Muslims, outnumbered by Hindus, feared that Hindus would, co- uh, would control India if it won independence. In Chapter 18, you will read about the outcome of India's bid for independence. Nationalism in Southwest Asia The breakup of the Ottoman Empire and growing Western political and economic interests in Southwest Asia spurred the rise of nationalism in this region. Just as the people of India fought to have their own nation after World War I, the people of Southwest Asia also launched independent movements to rid themselves of imperial rulers. Turkey becomes a republic. At the end of World War I, the Ottoman Empire was forced to give up all its territories except Turkey. Turkish lands included the old Turkish homeland of Atolia and a small strip of land around Istanbul. 
1919, Greek soldiers invaded Turkey and threatened to conquer it. The Turkish Sultan was powerless to stop the Greeks. However, in 1922, a brilliant commander, Mustafa Kemal, successfully led Turkish nationalists in fighting back the Greeks and their British backers. After winning a peace, the nationalists overthrew the last Ottoman Sultan. In 1923, Kemal became president of the New Republic of Turkey, the first republic in Southwest Asia. To achieve this, uh, his goal of transforming Turkey into a modern nation, he ushered in these sweeping reforms. Separated the laws of Islam from the laws of the nation. Abolished religious courts and created new legal systems based on European law. Granted women the right to vote and to hold public office. Launched government-funded programs to industrialize Turkey and to spur economic growth. Kemal died in 1938. From his leadership, Turkey gained a new sense of its national identity. His influence was so strong that the Turkish people gave him the name Ataturk, father of the Turks. Persia becomes Iran. Before World War I, both Great Britain and Russia had established spheres of influence in the ancient country of Persia. After the war, when Russia was still reeling from the Bolshevik Revolution, the British tried to take over all of Persia. This maneuver triggered a nationalist revolt in Persia. In 1921, a Persian army officer seized power. In 1925, he disposed the ruling Shah. Persia's new leader, Reza Shah Pahlavi, like Kemal in Turkey, set out to modernize his country. He established public schools, built roads and railroads, promoted industrial growth, and extended women's rights. Unlike Kemal, Reza Shah Pahlavi kept all power in his own hands. In 1935, he changed the name of the country from the Greek name Persia to the traditional name Iran. Saudi Arabia keeps Islamic traditions. While Turkey broke with many Islamic traditions, another new country held strictly to Islamic law. In 1902, Abd al-Aziz ibn Saud, a member of a once powerful Arabian family, began a successful campaign to unify Arabia. In 1932, he renamed the new kingdom Saudi Arabia after his family. Ibn Saud carried on Arab and Islamic traditions. Loyalty to the Saudi government was based on custom, religion, and family ties. Like Kemal and Raza Shah, Ibn Saud brought some modern technologies such as telephones and radios to his country. However, modernization in Saudi Arabia was limited to religiously acceptable areas. There also were no efforts to begin to practice democracy. Oil drives development. While nationalism steadily emerged as a major force in Southwest Asia, the region's economy was also taking a new direction. The rising demand for petroleum products in industrialized countries brought new oil exploration to Southwest Asia. During the 1920s and the 1930s, European and American companies discovered enormous deposits in Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, and Kuwait. Foreign businesses invested huge sums of money to develop these oil fields. For example, the Anglo-Persian Oil Company, a British company, started developing the oil fields of Iran. Geologists later learned that the land around the Persian Gulf has nearly two-thirds of the world's known supply of oil. This important resource led to rapid and dramatic economic changes and development. Because oil brought huge profits, Western nations tried to dominate this region. Meanwhile, these same Western nations were about to face a more immediate crisis, as power-hungry leaders seized control in Italy and Germany.